Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the Bricks in the Wall. To the show, trying to break down the barriers of division we ourselves build. Lots of us will learn or be taught certain things which will create schisms in our mind. These schisms will manifest into metaphorical divisions and in my opinion, bricks which go on to build mental walls which keep you from the truth. And it's so simple to just see through these walls, but some people have dug their heels so deep into this reality that they will actually go and murder and kill their human peers over ideologies. Luckily, there are others out there, people who go against the grain, people who don't blindly accept narratives sped out by black mirrors, which are actually dark reflections of what humanity could be. So I do what I do, I scout the internet and look out for these others and bring him here to share a moment in which maybe something unique hits someone's ears and causes ripples throughout which bring positive change. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to your to the show your comrade and mine, Mrs. Magnolia. How are you doing, Ms. Magnolia? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the show. Thank you for giving me your time. Absolutely. Same. Okay, so I want to start off, um, I usually start off with asking the person about them and to explain, but first I want to start off with this question, which I saw on your post. You posted something along the lines of, um, uh, let me pause right now because the airplane's coming over. All right, sorry guys. It seems every time I, I try to record a podcast, we got the motorcycle guy and the airplane, so just hang tight with us. But I wanted to ask you, Magnolia, because you had this post. Um, you have two Instagram accounts, and I, I see you have one, like a personal one, and then you have one which may, mainly you use for like your business and for promoting the stuff that you promote. But um, I, I caught one that caught my attention, and I wanted to get your opinion about what you mean, because this is basically what my show's about. It's about the divisions we create amongst ourselves. And your post said something like this. It said, what is the point of creating divisions among yourselves and amongst yourselves? What do you mean by that? And what is the difference between among and amongst? <laughs> That's a big question. Well, I feel like I always get confused, actually, every time that I look it up on, like, the dictionary. But what I meant by that post is, like, kind of why create divisions within yourself? How, right? how so? Mm, separating parts of yourself like judging yourself or for example oh, okay sorry i'm trying to like think back to that post mm-hmm. i'm a republican and you're a democrat that's it period end of story i'm here you're over there we, we're gonna have nothing to do together you know what i mean uh, or, okay okay uh-huh also like defining things and not letting any like little nuance come into the picture yeah kind of closing oneself off and what why, why do you think people so, do sorry. this why do people do this? Yeah. <laughs> so can I give a little bit of background? Yeah, please Where go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So my name is Magnolia Heaton. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I'm a shamanic Reiki master teacher and practitioner. Right. And so I consider myself for a while a practicing shaman. Right now I'm kind of confused spiritually, so I don't really use that title, but I do have that shamanic viewpoint. And then I'm a trauma specialist. I'm a psychotherapist. Like I do therapy for complex PTSD. That's my baby. I love it. It's the best thing ever, I think. So, yeah. Um, And I'm a licensed therapist. So people start splitting themselves off 
when they start to experience trauma. So, okay. Humans are wired for connection, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in our mother's womb. We are born. And then if we're lucky, you know, we get to stay with our mom. If not, you know, things happen. But that bond is very special because we're part of our mom, right? Mm -hmm. And then up until the time that we're about a year and a half or so, we believe that we're one with our mom. Right. There's no division then, yet. There's no separation exactly. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we start to have separation anxiety because we're like, oh, my God, we're not the same person. Is she going? Is she coming back? Like, am I ever going to see her again? Right? Wow. Yeah. And so that's attachment. And that's really the focal point of my work, actually. Right? That Kind of that primary relationship with your parents. And so... Really, we're wired for connection as human beings. We're meant to live in community. We're meant to live in harmony with other people. We're meant to be supported, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever we experience rejection from our parents, <clears throat> our peers, etc., then that's when we start to split ourselves. Okay, my mommy doesn't like it when I get mad. I guess I can't be mad around my mommy. Mm. But it happens subconsciously, right? Yes. So then there's a separation now within myself if, if, it, if it continues chronically. I can't be mad around my mom. Okay, great. And then that's when you start to have what we call, I guess, people-pleasing or the fawning response, right? Yeah. What is people-pleasing in that response? Explain it, please. Sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, when we experience a stressor, right, something that... Um, that we're not maybe like equipped or something that kind of surprises us, right? Okay. In the moment, we're like, oh, oh gosh, oh crap, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a few, one of the few responses, we either want to fight, so we yell at someone, we cuss them out, we become aggressive verbally, maybe physically aggressive. We want to flee, which means we want to like leave, get out of there, we get some anxiety, I don't know, I need to get out of here, I gotta go by, right? Mm -hmm. We... Like, we freeze, which is like, okay, I can't think straight. I don't know what's happening. Am I even here right now? I'm sorry, what did you say? I, I didn't hear that. Right. We start associating leaving our body. And then there's the fun response, which is people pleasing, which is I need to do whatever I need to do to make you happy in this moment um, so that you'll like me, so that you won't be mad at me, so that you won't get aggressive, so that I'll be safe. Right. All of these are meant to, these four responses are meant to keep us safe, really. Okay, yeah. And so then how does this lead to us creating divisions through ourselves? Like, for example, you said if our mom yells at us or something, makes us feel weird. How do we, how, how, what separation are we doing? Like from our ego? I, I don't understand. Sure. Let me think about that. Because there's lots of different lenses. Um, did you say why do we do that or from what? No, like what what is the separation? Are we separating ourselves from our, our ego, from our mind, from our emotions? What is the separation that's occurring? Sure. I would say that there are some separations within the conscious mind, right? So we start to bury emotions. Mm -hmm. We start to bury thoughts. We start to bury memories. So that's at the cognitive level. But we do, if, again, if it continues to become chronic, then we start to stuff our emotions. I'm so glad you asked this question. We start to stuff our emotions 
and then we become a little bit numb, right? We become a little bit rigid. Mm -hmm. And then if that continues chronically still, then the emotions start to get trapped in the body, which, I mean, it's pretty well-known research. It's been proven a bit more and more, you know, and it's becoming more mainstream Mm -hmm. knowledge that our emotions and traumas get, get stuck in our body. Right. And I forget what doctor, I think it's Dr. Gabor Mate. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's like a yeah. big guy who's, uh, he helps people through psychotherapy and psychedelics sometimes. He doesn't always yeah. recommend it, but he says the same thing that uh, when we're children, we'll go through a trauma or through something that shocks our body, our system. And like you said, we repress those emotions or we hide them in our mind or we run away from them. And this creates these problems which get stuck in places in our body. It can go either to your back, to your stomach, to your head. And this creates literal dis-ease, which brings disease and illness. And this is the original of root, which people are trying, uh, trying to realize and explain that this is where illness truly comes from. I, I don't know what you think about the whole germ theory. I, I, don't, I don't know where I stand on that. I, I'm not a doctor. I haven't studied it, so I don't know. But I am beginning to lean more toward this idea that it's usually just uh, disease is a symptom of traumatic or uh, emotional responses that are occurring at a mental or psychological or subliminal level. And it's not until we can address them and actually work through them that we can actually overcome maybe what some people call back problems or stomach aches or issues that are never addressed through doctors or through uh, the medical industry. Yeah. I mean... I agree <laughs> and same. I mean, I'm not, you know, a medical doctor or what have you. And I don't know if you've ever heard of terrain theory, actually. I just heard of that recently and I haven't had a chance yet to start researching it. But they say that that's something that counters germ theory. Yes, yes. That's the opposing idea, uh, opposed from the idea of thinking that little small germs enter the body and infect you. There's a different alternative, which is uh, your body is naturally releasing toxins. Am I correct? Like, I haven't looked into it, but that sounds about right, I think, okay. from the general stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what, about yeah, terrain? so what about terrain theory? So I was just throwing that out there just oh. to, like, anybody that wants to kind of, like, research it because that's definitely on my list. Yeah, yeah, that's at. something that I definitely I've had on the back burner. But like, lately I've been just researching more kind of like the New World Order and that's dark type of stuff. I'm sure you know, you post several stuff about that, but I like how you lean more toward the the healing aspect of, because yeah, we could ramble and talk about the new world order and all the evil people and all the terrible things that are happening in the world. But in my opinion, that doesn't do anything. We're just screaming, like patting each other in our back in an echo chamber. I prefer to go through the other route of healing and how do we come out of this? I mean, what good does it do that we just stick in this negative thought pattern? I think it's better to rather heal yourself and, um, go hang around others who are healing themselves and trying to figure out positive change instead of de- dwelling in the negative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so tell me about your childhood and your life path. Um, I would love to know what is it, what it was in your life that woke you up to this realization that um, almost everyone comes to, most of the truthers, they come to this realization that everything we've been taught is either an exaggeration, half-truths, or flat-out lies. What was it in your life that that woke you up? Mm, This is always an interesting question to answer. Since I can remember, I feel like I've always been 
like really touched by the Holy Spirit, really close to God, or really just spiritually protected, or like I had a really open third eye or something. I don't know. But for whatever reason, I feel like I could perceive the truth and I still can now, right? But it's like, I didn't actually know, but something was off about a person. Or like, sure, I could hear the words, that's all I was saying, but something was off. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter what they what they would say, like, I still trusted my intuition enough for whatever reason that I can't actually explain, right? Yes. So that's just my path. Um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up Catholic and going to church, but I always identified as like Catholic, but spiritual. And so by that, I mean, like, I just, I really like Jesus mm -hmm. and what he did. And I thought he was super cool. And I was like, yeah, I want to be like him. That'd be super cool. You know, not so much like leaning into the Bible or anything, but yeah. And I remember that one time I was at church and then, you know, I was like listening to the sermon or whatever about Jesus healing with his hands. And then I had a vision about myself healing with my hands. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I could do it. Anyway, fast forward to like 2018, where actually, fast forward to 2015, I was pregnant with my first child, nine months pregnant in a really abusive relationship. And um, I was extremely suicidal, but I wasn't going to commit suicide and especially not take another life in the process, right? right? So yeah, and then someone was offering a free Reiki massage. And I was like, whatever, it's free, who cares? I'll try it if it doesn't help then whatever right <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah and then like she didn't even touch me it was a 15 minute massage so to speak and then she didn't even touch me and then like all the pain in my body was gone and the depression was lifted that was weird in one but session like, oh, makes sense in one session and then i completely forgot about that altogether 2018 somehow i like i found her because she was a teacher at a yoga studio hmm. and i promised myself i'm too broke right now in 2015 but when I get money, I'm going to go support that yoga studio. Completely forgot about that Reiki master. And I was like, okay. And then I saw her and I was like, yo, I just want to tell you, you like literally saved my life <laughs> a few years ago. And yeah. And then so, and then soon after that, there was like a Reiki training. And then like, I, it just kind of like, I had made sense. I cried the first day that I had my Reiki attunement or whatever. And I was like, yes, this is what I was made for. This is what I was meant to like help people with. Right. Mm -hmm. But going back to the childhood itself i mean i grew up with like six adults my grandparents my two sisters and my parents and because they're people because they're human right and because we didn't have this knowledge about like trauma and everything they had really highly narcissistic traits right i'm not going to call them flat out narcissists but they had really highly narcissistic traits and it was really challenging and there was a lot of I, i'm the baby okay. so more than anything i kind of witnessed their dynamics rather than receiving a lot of what was happening but there was a ton of verbal abuse and bullying within my family hmm. right and um yeah but i saw what it looked like when someone so to speak fought fire with fire it just turned into like a bigger fire and i just scorched everyone so i was like that's dumb it doesn't make sense i'm not choosing that path also i'm gonna choose non-violence because violence makes no sense at all to me mm -hmm. and so yeah i fully embodied that really my whole life i i'm pretty sure like everyone who knows me and i'm not exaggerating could tell you that honestly um and then i had let's see i mean yeah probably the most influential person in my life was my dad um 
and then the second was my grandma they both died of covid complications i guess they both had diabetes <clears throat> in january of This is when you were eight years old. I was like eight, yeah. And then I was like, okay, so like violence comes from trauma and drug use comes from trauma. And like, I just want to help heal people. And I have that capacity and I know it. And I don't know why, but I just knew it. And I was like, okay, then fine. Just do what you got to do. Leave me where you're going to leave me. Like, it's fine. I'll do it. Don't care. Yeah, I have a passion for it. You know, kind of grew up watching. things on serial killers and like drugs and all these other things you know mm-hmm. and not just that but i kind of grew up around it so i'm originally from southern california and a small little town and i mean it's pretty ghetto my parents are from mexico and stuff but they were educated but everyone around me like their parents were not you know uh-huh. like they had jobs like mcdonald's or something like that okay. so i did grow up in a really high risk neighborhood the kids that i did go to school with Yeah, most of them dropped out of high school. Most of them ended up on drugs and, you know, got pregnant pretty early, committed suicide, like all these other things, right? Mm -hmm. I would hang out with kids who were emo, mostly, right? Mm -hmm. Or a lot of kids who were, you know, gay, bi, lesbian back in the day. So, I mean, I saw a lot of suffering, really, but I just, I enjoyed helping people, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, like lending an ear. It was fun. It was fun to see what an impact it made in other people's lives to just kind of love them through their difficult moments and listen. So then, yeah, studied psychology, right? Um, I just want to give a shout out to my school because I love it. And like, it was everything. I went to the University of California, Riverside, and I love it so much. And it doesn't get enough credit. It's an amazing school. The professors are so passionate. I love it. And it really helped shape me. It was a really diverse place. I talked to a lot of people. Um, because, so here's the thing. I know that this is kind of a topic I kind of want to touch on, right? So we're talking about division again. So what does the media say? I mean, your your um, your handle on Instagram is truth and media, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So the media says, um, you know, 
people are back then i guess people are muslim you should hate them because they're bad all of them are bad all of them are muslim arabs are bad you should hate them Mm -hmm. and so forth right Right. and so i was like okay cool let me just see what happens so i have a muslim co-worker several muslim co-workers hey respectfully whatever they like me we had a relationship we had the report hey you know like i know that the media says all these things clearly you don't meet the criteria like can you tell me a little bit about your faith right cool and so forth right hey you're from china but like you're like literally from there you know people call people chinese but they're not actually chinese and you actually are like can you tell me what that experience is like for you what's china like oh, okay cool oh you're from taiwan and that's different from china oh okay got it you're korean okay got it mm-hmm. you know yeah. it was great great experience um and really i learned that everyone has the same suffering and everyone has the same kind of resiliency you know like there's 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 domestic violence that happens across all demographics right um it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're white or you're black or educated or not it happens and so people are impacted in the same ways and so when people can genuinely connect and genuinely be vulnerable that's where we find the healing right right so love is healing (laughs) and then cool whatever i got my master's from new mexico state university that's another great school i love it i'm so grateful to have all these you know i feel like i have so much privilege if i may i would like to talk on privilege too for a little bit but i'll come back to that so um yeah and i knew where i was going i knew what the path was whatever and so yeah okay fast forward i have my license and stuff i get mentorship from people all the right people come into my path everything is super seamless like god just makes it work for me you know Mm -hmm. and yeah and so i'm like cool what am i gonna call my business and i was like i don't know and then boom love is healing and i was like i guess that literally just embraces everything that i have ever done and what i hope to say and it's an affirmation right if people are like oh yeah love is healing they're like sending that energy out there and i'm like yes i like that so so yeah we're called love is healing llc right that's our handle too on instagram facebook whatever but love is healing llc and so yeah I was taking some notes right here as you were talking and um, I just want to bring it up first you were talking about Jesus I love that guy too he's awesome Um, I think it's weird how the whole world it's so easy to criticize Jesus and Christianity it's like for it to me it's like there's a reason why they mock it and they ridiculize it and they make it seem like a naive thing but to me that's just pointing that maybe there's more truth in there that they're trying to keep from us but to go on from there uh, can you explain to us what is Reiki? Because um, I've heard of it and I've seen people do it, but can you explain it to people who might not know what that is? Sure. Reiki, if you break it down, is it's it's Japanese and they say that a doctor made it, right? I guess he was looking for some kind of cure, couldn't find it, kind of leaned on God, went to the mountains, went on a 21-day fast. It was day 21, there was nothing. And he was like, well, you know, and he was really weak, whatever. And then he saw these symbols, but Reiki means God, um, life force energy. Mm. It means something different to different people, whatever. I just call it God energy. I don't know, most people that I know are Catholic who taught me Reiki, who I was kind of like with, 
they call it God energy. I feel like I heal through the Holy Spirit. But basically, right, it's it's life force energy, right? It's available to all of us. We all have life force within us. And so... Is it synonymous with qi from the Chinese ancient uh, med medicine? Man, I don't know much about qi, but I, I've, I've heard the parallel a lot with people. Okay, yeah, it sounds similar. Yeah, they, they say that it is kind of the same thing, but I just don't know about qi, TBH. Okay, and so this is this energy is life force, and so what, how does Reiki fit into this? Sure. So Reiki is life force energy, and so like as a Reiki practitioner, basically what they say is like to become a hollow reed, right? So I guess I'll answer it that way. Um, they say Reiki is non-denominational. It's a life force energy. It's accessible to everybody. And then a practitioner can tap into that energy to be able to help heal other people. The practitioner themselves does not heal the other people. The life force energy that goes through the healer helps heal the person. Oh, wow. So it's like you heal yourself, basically. And yeah, they say become a hollow reed, right? And then get in touch with your spiritual i don't know practices so you can pray to god pray to jesus whatever call on your angels you can call your spirit guides or whatever other gods that you work with you know yeah. and then kind of set the space so you have this spiritual support as you're helping that person do spiritual work because it is spiritual work um the what they say in, in reiki right everyone that kind of like um, i mean practices reiki really the reason why is because The theory is, or the belief is, that it's an energy that helps to heal people. It helps to uh, create energetic shifts that help release traumas and stuff that we're talking about, like that gets stored in the body. Mm, interesting. And, and uh, sorry, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah, and then so like, I studied regular Reiki, but I, I'm I'm more shamanic Reiki. And so what they say in shamanic Reiki is that what Reiki does is it helps to tap into the subconscious. Yeah. And you're able to access, I think it's theta waves. It's either theta waves or delta waves. So you're in a semi-conscious state. And so you're able to like, kind of like be present and like answer questions, but you're also able to kind of tap into traumatic memories and things like that without them impacting you, triggering you like terribly the mm -hmm. way that it would if you were conscious. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of like MDMA therapy. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you have to be trained and stuff right, to do right, that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that's very interesting. Okay, and I know a lot of people like to uh, poo-poo on the whole Reiki thing and make it seem like it's uh, pseudoscience, woo-woo stuff. But to me, the way I like to describe it is, yeah, you can say that. But to me, I counter counteract that with the placebo effect. I'm sure everyone or most people have heard of the placebo effect, which is this uh, thing that you can do, you can basically trick your own mind to heal itself. And it's basically, uh, I'll just uh, describe it like this. Say there's a doctor and they're doing a study and they have a guy and he has a certain disease, say he has stomach ache. So the doctor gives this guy a, a pill, but it, this pill doesn't do anything. It's just a sugar pill. It's just, it's just so that the patient can believe he's actually taking in a drug. So the person, the patient takes in this fake pill And through the power of his own mind, by him thinking that this drug is going to heal me, it heals him. And there's no woo-woo, there's nothing in here. It's just the power of your own mind has the power for you to overcome disease, illness, whatever it may be. So it, when people want to poo-poo it or, or, or kind of shit on Reiki, I just say, have you researched the placebo or even the nocebo effect? And that's how I kind of quiet them. Yeah, 
<laughs> Those are fair points. And you know, as you said that, I kind of thought about how people would just say that about anything. I mean, people say that therapy doesn't work. Right, yeah. But if you don't believe it's gonna, it's not gonna, you know, if you don't believe it's gonna work, then yeah, of course it's not gonna work. It really has a lot to do with your openness and stuff like that. But also, I mean, yeah, if you're not ready to look at yourself, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do, that's fine. Let's say, for example, let's say you have ADHD or depression or something like that. That's fine. You have the symptoms. It doesn't matter if you go get Reiki or if you go to a therapist, a really good therapist. Or if you do trauma work, it doesn't matter if you get Reiki, get medication, it doesn't matter what, what it is, or you exercise, whatever. It's still going to come down to you to manage your symptoms, right? You can only take accountability for the actual behavioral changes and to incorporate this healing into your life to get the results that you want. Because no one's going to, you can only lead a horse to water, you know? Right, you can't make him drink it. Yeah. Okay, uh, give me... Okay, I had to pause, guys. Sorry. But yeah, we were just talking about how you can bring a horse to water. And that's, see, the sad thing is my brother, sadly, my brother, he went through, um, he had drug issues and he had a whole lot of family problems. And I tried to help him for the longest, you know, and I would send them speeches. I would send them um, um, pastor teachings. I would send them things to kind of try to help his mind kind of realign to heal itself. But like you said, I, you can send someone all the information, but it's not until they choose in their own mind, hey, I need to change my life, that they're actually going to actually go through it. Because you can give them all the information, you can bring the horse to the water, but you can't force it. It, it has to come from inside of the person itself. Yes. Okay. All right. So I, I always find it fascinating when people like you come along because this is like an alternative lifestyle. I mean, yeah, you have your psychology and your, and your master's through the uh, schooling scholar system, but then you also went through Reiki and you do shamanic healing and stuff. So what I want to know is, what is this process of educating yourself, apart from this, the psychology and the master's you did, where does one go to learn about healing and Reiki or trauma fixing and energy balancing? Okay. You, I, well, I remember you said you went to that Reiki lady. Did she kind of give you hints to where to go to learn? Yes, but it's interesting. Like, okay, I'll answer this two ways, right? I feel okay. <laughs> I feel like with anything, there could be there could be authentic, whatever it is, right? And there could be counterfeits, right? right. But it all kind of comes down to the message or something like that. Anyways, so. You could find Reiki trainings online and you can find some for like $15 or something like that. I mean, it's out there, right? Okay. There are trainings that you can actually attend in person or there are some that you could attend online that are facilitated by, you know, people who've been doing it for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But I find that just as, let me see, how did he put it? So the, the, the man that taught me shamanic Reiki, right? Jonathan Hammond like the student whenever the, the student is ready the teacher appears right, I right? Love that but whenever the teacher is ready the student appears oh okay it goes both ways so. yeah yeah and so to me it's kind of like law of attraction like whatever it is that you vibe with like if you you know some whatever vibes with me isn't necessarily going to vibe with you or the next guy or the next guy or the next guy it'll be slightly different but i mean i guess if you wanted to and you were interested in it you could look up you know reiki trainings wherever your area is or something like that or you could look up shamanic training shamanic reiki shamanic reiki 
is a whole other thing in and of itself. Um, like for me, it's through Shamanic Reiki Worldwide. Like you could go there, right? Dot com. That's a what was that again? Shamanic. Shamanic Reiki dot com. Okay. I'm sorry. Shamanic Reiki Worldwide dot com. Okay, y'all go check it out, folks. Yeah, and so there's trainings on there. I don't. I I do trainings, but I'm not a trainer on there. But I am listed on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that's a that's a pretty good program, I would say. I mean, it's even if you're not gonna actually practice Reiki. So there's different. There's that too. There's Reiki level one, right? And so that's supposed to be for you to like do Reiki on yourself, and maybe family members if you wanted. But it's like certain symbols that you get attuned to, which is like a spiritual process. Which is like, I guess, it goes that like it's implanted into like your subconscious and your body and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Then there's Reiki level two and level two is you can practice on yourself and on other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some do Reiki three, some don't, but then there's a a master level, but it's just kind of the, the symbols get more powerful that you can work with. But when you get attuned to Reiki, what happens is you have a whole purging process because like, I guess the way that they put it is, shadows right let's say you're in a dark room okay you're in a dark room and then you turn on the light okay great a lot of the shadow dispels but there's still going to be shadows but if you have a flashlight and you shine it where the shadow is the shadow goes away okay but it's the shadow like the ego shadow so that's fine it's a lot of light energy that comes through with the reiki it's a lot of healing and stuff like that it's gonna purge a lot of things so some people i've had it happen in all the trainings that i've been to people drop out of the training and don't come back or like they walk out because they can't handle it because they're not ready to face themselves Mm. which is fine if you're not ready you're not ready and you shouldn't do it you should listen to your body Mm. but these are just kind of things to consider you know um i mean i imagine some of your listeners probably you're familiar with the dark night of the soul oh yeah Uh, yeah i mean my lesson like two years it was solid (laughs) you know uh, and the dark night of the soul is basically kind of an awakening, right? And you're just like, holy moly, what is this? What is my reality? Like, what are these paradigms? They don't fit in. I don't fit in. I need to completely redo my life. Right. And, I, that- love, and, and I want to bring it back to your website because that's actually, that caught my, like, your main quote on, the, on your website. It's uh, a quote from the Beatles, and it says, um, the, take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life you were only waiting for this moment to arise and which is that dark night of the soul it has to come to this kind of moment of hitting rock bottom where you're like willing to completely transform yourself and come out of your cocoon yes yeah and i have a blackbird as my logo with that zia sign and that heart that's awesome yeah. because of that like like yeah like spreading your wings and kind of reinventing yourself and taking all that bs taking all that trauma all that pain and stuff and kind of like turning it into healing and just putting it out in the world yeah man but it's just it's so hard like why is it like i always kind of torture myself and wondering why is it that some people can can pull themselves out of that and seemingly a large majority of the people will just live their life that way kind of ignorant sadly i hate to say Sure. <laughs> but I just try to practice compassion because, I mean, I think everyone mm-hmm. has their own time to come to this awakening. It just kind of breaks my heart that a lot of people don't yes. won't ever go through that. They'll just kind of live their lives in the dark. Absolutely. I mean, I can answer that with more questions. Like, 
Are they non-playable characters? I don't know. That's interesting. See, I don't know, man. The more I look into simulation theory and I kind of try to see it through that angle, it's kind of like, man, maybe they are just non-playing characters and they're just here kind of to just like... Uh, provide contrast or something. Yes, yes. I couldn't find the word, but yeah, exactly. Provide some type of contrast and insight into yourself. I remember one time I went to the grocery store and I was driving back home and I drove past this guy. He was just hammering a wooden fence. I mean, he wasn't nailing anything to it. He was just hitting a fence, kind of like a like a player in a game, like just doing an animation. And I had this mm -hmm. weird vision or like sensation in my head, like what if this guy, like he really is just a non-playing character and he's here as maybe a reflection of myself or yeah. just as a temporary placeholder. I don't know, like, like you said, to provide some type of contrast. I, it was a really trippy moment. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I've had those moments too. Okay, yeah. okay. So now I want to ask you, um, oh, I guess kind of to get back to that question, because what I want to know is when I see someone doing Reiki, it just seems like they're just moving their hands over a body. But what is it that, that they're actually doing? Because to me, the way I kind of try to understand it is how do you teach somebody to, to do Reiki? To me, that's synonymous of how do you teach somebody to whistle? You can't really explain to them how to, I mean, you can explain them what you do with your mouth, but they have to actually do it themselves and practice so they can actually be able to whistle. Like my daughter, right now she's seven, and I'm kind of teaching her how to whistle, and she'll kind of do it, but she's like, how do you do it, daddy? And I'm like, I don't know, you just go like this, and, and I can't yeah. explain it to her. It's just like, she has to intuitively pulling, pull it out of herself. So what I'm kind of, my question is kind of to uh, rephrase it is, how does one learn Reiki? I mean, because to me, like, again, it seems like they're just moving their hands over a certain area. How does one know what area to concentrate and are they pouring thoughts into it or what are they thinking as they're doing this? Sure. Thanks for asking that. I've seen it two ways, right? And people who practice Reiki on me and people that I've taught. So there are those who need more structure. And so for them, they go, okay, cool. And they kind of just go and they kind of check boxes, right? So, okay, here's the client before me. That's fine. Okay, I'm letting them know what the risks of Reiki can be. And then what I just... What are the risks? I, 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 could, I couldn't imagine the risks. What could the risks be? Sure. So normally, like, I'll be like, okay, cool. So we're going to have a session. So just so you know, because it is a lot of um, energy release and trauma release, it could be that either now or within the next 72 hours, because that's how long the effects of Reiki last. You can have twitching in your muscles, or you can have spasms. You can have sensations of warmth or of coldness. You can have some tingling. You can have sharp pains, or you can feel pressure in different areas of your body. You can cry. Really? So those, like, you know, like just to let people know, hey, these things might be happening. And you've had some of these experiences yourself? I have. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I need to go and, to one and try it myself. I, I, I never have. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you were saying you have a person in front of you and you're telling them the risks and then? Right. And so either someone can be like, okay, and so now let me do the different hand positions. I start basically from the head and go and at the feet. Okay. And then I'm good, right? Whereas maybe a more intuitive healer like me, right, <clears throat> will kind of just start at the head maybe uh -huh. and then like move wherever they feel called, right? Honestly, like, Every session is different. And I just kind of tell people, I try to encourage them to trust themselves, right? Mm -hmm. 
do you feel guided to ask them a question about their mom? Do you feel guided to like ask them what the color blue means? I don't know. But if it, if so, it's probably for a reason, you know, there's a reason why you're tapping into that person's energy, you're connecting within their energetic field, they're letting you in and you're tapping into like these other dimensions really with the person and you're, you're meeting with them on other dimensions. And with shamanic Reiki, that's what it is. Like you're connecting your consciousness to their consciousness and meeting on some other planes that we can't even explain, to be honest, <laughs> with like science and words that we have right now, but for some reason, you end up at the same place. For example, <clears throat> if I were to give you like a shamanic Reiki healing, right? Or do like meditations, journeys or whatever and stuff. I can likely see a lot of the things that you saw or get some kind of messages. Like, let's say I was like, okay, cool. Find a wing guide. This happened the other day. I gave a, I gave a session and then I, I felt a really big and heavy bird, right? And so this person, they were like... Oh, um yeah I ended up finding this one bird but I was like that's not it and then there was this other bird but it was like big and black and I was like yeah that's fine that's right and that's that's what I sensed too and yeah that's the right guide that was for you in that moment and different parallels like that like I literally can't even explain it's just like a spiritual thing right. you know I guess the way I'm asking for specifics is because I guess I've most of us have been trained, I guess, through the scientific model, and we want facts, we want numbers, we want specifics. But I guess what you're describing is this is more of an intuitive, um, uh, feeling, empathic type of uh, strategy, right? Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me this, because I feel weird when I tell people this, and I've only recently started doing this because I, I don't care anymore, really. I just don't don't care. I just I open yeah. my, my, free, speak my mind freely. But ever since I was a kid, sometimes, very rarely... Um, I, I would get these impressions. Like, I would look at people, and if I connected with them in their eyes, it, it was rarely, it would probably be one out of 200 people that I meet in my life. But it would, I would look at them, connect with them, and I would get some, t I don't know if it's a download or it's just me making stuff up in my imagination. But I get these impressions. And I, let me give you an example. Like one time I remember very specifically, I went with my wife, we went to go eat some barbecue. And I, we're, I was getting my food, and I caught eyes with one of the cooks, a, a female lady, and I connected with her, and I got this vision or an impression or imaginative thought. I don't know what it is, but I had this vision or feeling that she had lost a child, like a, 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 a newborn baby. She wasn't able to have the baby. And I don't know. I, I just remember that moment and feeling that emotion so clearly. And I never told anyone, only till a couple years later I told my wife, and I don't know if this is just me making things up or if I maybe have some type of power. Because I, I know people that I've, I've researched about empaths and how there's people who can kind of get these downloads from people and they kind of intuitively can pick up on people and their energies. And I don't know. What do you think? Because another one, I've had another one. Which it's just not negative. I've had, I've had another one where I saw a guy and I connected with him. I don't know him. It was just some stranger. But I looked at him and I got this impression or download that he was happy because he just got a new girlfriend. And I don't know, like, why would I make that up? Why does that come into my mind? Do you think these are actual things I'm perceiving? Or what would you have to say about that? I don't know why it happens, but... Or Is why this you something that you've gotten before? One. Is this something similar to an experience you've had? Absolutely, yeah. But I would call them gifts. Hmm. Yeah, and so... Thanks for bringing that up. So like as a kid too, I would get visions all the time. So there was like someone I didn't like and I would get a vision of them like yelling at their kid, like maliciously, you know, like a verbally berating them or whatever, or like 
um I remember this one girl that I went to college with it was really random like I was like okay but I had visions of like her dad yelling at her and like physically abusing her and stuff and I was like that's why she's so mad all the time exactly that's what I'm talking about like I, I I'm I know for certain that people have gifts and powers I just don't know if I do but I just think it would be amazing and fascinating if the education system which is totally built to go against us but if it was built as to be able to identify these gifts within people and then to help them harness them and, and to use them to help others. Because I've heard there's powers like this where you can empath people. There's powers where you can like, um, uh, let me see, I'm going blank now, but maybe you have uh, the power to be a very motivational speaker or you have the power to uh, help someone uh, eat healthy or become a fitness coach. Like there's so many different sectors and things that we could have as gifts, but because we're not taught or we're not taught to look inside and, and to discover them, we kind of just let them, what's that word? Um, uh, the word when your muscle atrophies, these muscles, these powers kind of atrophy because we don't harness them. Yes. What you're describing would be called something like clairsentience. Well, clairsentience is feeling clearly. You can feel it in your body like you feel you know that every time that you walk into a room and there's demons there or the dark energy you feel it like a pit in your stomach right mm. so to speak or you get really nauseous or something mm. there's clear um oh goodness clear audience that's hearing clearly so like hearing voices hearing sentences or something like that right mm -hmm. there's clear cognizance which is clear knowing like you just know you don't know why you know but you just know yeah right? i think that's what it is that what was that one was that one called Claircognizance. Claircognizance. I'm going to let that there's, up. There's clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, which is when you get images of things. That too. I mean, I guess I would get that too. That's so yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's, um, I can't remember. There's one that's called like, ah, I can't remember. I don't know if it's psychometry or something like that. But there's one where you can touch an object or touch a person. And you get visions of things, or you just see things, you smell things, you know things. Right, right, right. right? And um, yeah, there's also one called clear aliens, which is like clear smelling. Mm -hmm. Like, so like, for example, it's weird, like I've had that, I've had all of them, experiences with all of them. But like, sometimes like, I knew that if I smell this particular smell, I'm like, oh, that person's smoking right now. Random, like, why am I, I don't know, but I know that they are, like, it's weird, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's also taste. So, like, if you taste a certain thing, you're like, oh, okay, so-and-so's in trouble or something like that. But, you know, whatever messages you receive, basically, you know how you receive them. And to be honest with you, I mean, most people that I know that I talk to have had these experiences. And yeah. that's why I started this agency, really, is because I'm like, I want people to be able to talk about these kind of paranormal experiences where, like, um, mainstream kind of psychology, whatever, would say, oh, you talk to God, huh? Well, I guess you have schizophrenia, <laughs> right? Well, you're right, experiencing right. a delusion right now, right? right? That's really grandiose, like, no. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's just, it seems like the scientific uh, perspective is try to put a blanket over everything and try to kind of, like, squash everything and make it seem like it's fake but no i mean i've experienced it and and for the longest i would never talk about it because i know how it sounds it sounds crazy like to say these things but like the more i talk to people about these things and the more i read and research about them it's like 
there's a reason why these type of things and these ideas and concepts exist throughout all cultures and all times and not just in, to a specific time and place. There's something to it that people are picking up. And this kind of ties in with dreams and this whole kind of seemingly paranormal realm. But yeah, there's totally something to it, but it's just this new era of the scientific age wants to be able to dissect and break everything down and show others what's going on. And you can't really do that with this type of stuff. It's more subjective, in my opinion. Yes. And medically speaking, the closest things that I can come up with that kind of explain that are mirror neurons. So they're a type of neurons that we have where when we make eye contact with another person, we're connecting with their brain, brain to brain, like network to network. And if you stare at a person long enough, that's why you like cry because you can be able to pick up on their their inner states, their emotions and their thoughts and things like that. Mm. If you do it long enough, you know, mm. um, and then the other one is like research on the gut, because the gut is what's able to tell us, like, you know how they talk about like, oh, I have a gut feeling or my gut's telling me. Yeah literally that's what's happening right. and there's i think i heard that there's more nerves or neurons or whatever like in the gut than there are in the brain something like that and it, it works way faster right but there's uh, an immense lack of research on the gut which i'm sure is purposeful you know <laughs> yeah. by by the mainstream you know um medicine right. western medicine yeah i i was fascinated when i learned that that there's actually but Take this, there's neurons in the gut and there's actually neurons in the heart as well. I don't know if you've researched Heart Math Institute. I've heard about it, I don't know a ton about it, but I know that we can emit like frequencies right and connect heart to heart. Yeah, yeah, it's just so fascinating how there's this alternative, seemingly mystical information and people just wanna poo poo it automatically because like we said, the, the college system, how this whole new education system has been um, what's it called, has been um, structurized top-down from the Rockefellers and these people, the elite, who want to mold your mind and get you to see the world through a certain perspective and take away the magic and the power that we all have inside of us. Right. Okay, I want to ask you really quickly, because we're about to run out of time, uh, really quickly, I want to ask you about astrology and horoscopes, because I never really believed in them, but once I kind of looked into them, I was kind of shocked by how accurate they can sometimes be. So I saw a post you had about cancer. Uh, the post says, July 21st, it's always dark before dawn. And that one caught my eye because July 21 is my birthday. So I, I want to ask you, um, as a person who, how would you describe astro astrology to a non-believer? Oh, man. I feel like I'm really wishy-washy on all these spiritual topics. But um, honestly, I would say... Like, I don't know. I do a lot of work with clients, like, one-on-one. So, honestly, like, if I felt guided to, like, bring up their chart, look up stuff or whatever, I'd be like, hey, even though my clients are not, they all come for the services because they all resonate with what we have to offer, right? But I'd be like, hey, like, I know this isn't really up your alley, but um, I don't know. Can I look at your chart or whatever? And then I kind of just be like, oh, yeah, I see these. Hmm. I'm not super, super into astrology. I'm just into really the birth chart, right? Mm -hmm. So there's four different elements, right? There's water, earth, air, fire, and then the different elements represent different energies. So water, Cancer, Pisces, um, oh my God, 
Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio are water signs. Mm -hmm. And so they, they have, they're really big feelers and they're really deep. They're really empathetic. They have a lot of spiritual gifts, like intuitively. They're super, super intuitive, right? Mm. But also they can be really, really dark because they feel everything, kind of like the ocean. It ebbs and it flows and, right? right. Water is a lot. It's a lot. And so then we have air, the air signs. We have Libra, Gemini, and Aquarius. And they're more thought oriented, so yeah. <laughs> okay, well, can, well, can you tell me more about the Cancer sign? Because I'm always, like you said, I'm, I am the water sign. I, I do feel like I'm empathic. I have more, I guess, these. I can pick up on readings and people. Uh, I kind of looked into my birth chart. I'm also the Moon is my sign, which is kind of feminine, more emotional, and it's me. I'm more lean to my emotional side, which I have to kind of put in check and, and make sure I have the logic in there as well. But what else can you tell me about the cancer sign? Um, my moon is in cancer. The, what, what was that? Um, my moon is in cancer. Oh, so you're so also like, cancer. Yeah, a okay. little bit, yeah. So the moon, like the sun sign is like your, your main personality and how people perceive you and stuff. But your, your moon sign is your inner world and your feelings and more of your feminine side. Yeah, yeah. See, that's when I started looking into it. I was like, wow, that's, that's weird. It really explains a lot about me because I'm more emotional. Mm -hmm. But yet, kind of similar to you, I grew up in a family where there was a lot of yelling and stuff going around. So I would kind of just sink into myself. I guess, like you said, create those divisions and I would sink into myself and I would kind of like um, just hindered myself and wouldn't allow myself to grow. And yeah. now that I've become more aware of that, I, I kind of let my emotions and I, I kind of examine them and I sit with them and I kind of try to read them and not so easily get angered by them and try to push them aside. Very good. Good healing on your part. Thanks, thanks. Okay, what else though? Can you, is there anything? I just kind of want to get some insight if I can pull any out of you. Yeah. What else can you say about <laughs> the cancer sign? So cancer, cancer is the mama bear of the zodiac. It's very family oriented and just loves to bring people together. Cancer, for some reason, gets a lot of flack mm -hmm. because it's so um, shifty and moose, yes. I guess, Moody. that type of energy. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, sure, like with anything, right? You can point out the negative or you can point out the positive, sure. And I think we all have our um, challenges, but if you can really reel that in, I mean, for me, right? My moon is in Cancer. So, but, but my son is in Libra, so I am thought, I mean, really, and I have to balance everything out and look at everything 10 billion different ways from different, like, right. But also I can feel, I can feel it like in my being, right. With the cancer side. Right. And I don't know, it has a lot of beautiful, like healing gifts of like, it cares a lot for people. Like loyalty is super, super important to cancers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just fascinating. I, I don't even know, like, how did people acquire this knowledge, like, about the different signs? And I guess that has to do with um, the, heart, the the stars and how the mythology behind them. It's just so interesting how people pull this knowledge out of, I don't know where. It's just where does all this the myths about the the horoscopes and their signs and the stories behind them and how it all kind of has to do with life and how different um, personality traits. It's just so fascinating. So uh, I want to move on because the main thing I wanted to do here is I wanted to uh, kind of le lead people toward your website because you offer different services and, and you're here to kind of coach and help people. So to start off first, uh, your website again, and let me have it out right here, is um, loveishealingllc.com. 
Y'all go check mm -hmm. it out. And I love that you offer services in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Do you speak these languages as well? I speak English and Spanish, and we have a provider who is Brazilian who provides services in Portuguese. Okay, that's awesome, because whenever I hear to like people who do this type of work, I, I want to point them out to my parents, but my parents don't speak English, so I think mm -hmm. it's great that you're doing it in Spanish. Maybe somebody else is listening who's a first-born uh, uh, foreigner here and can kind of tell their parents, hey, man, I heard about this. You can check it out. It's in Spanish or Portuguese, whatever. I think that's great. And then the other thing we already pointed out, the quote about take these broken wings and learn to fly. And that's awesome. We all have a broken wing. We may feel or think that we don't, but we all will experience trauma. Life is suffering, like the Buddha say. So you will experience some type of tra trauma in your life. And it's all about how you react to it and how you move past that. And I think, so we, let's start off with um, you offer coaching, coaching classes. Uh, people contact you, correct? Can you say that again? People contact me? Yeah, no, I'm saying people, you offer coaching classes to people who contact you. Yes, and there's like a contact form there. Yeah. And, well, you call the number, you could text it. And uh, so you offered other services here. You offer off also chakra balancing. Can you give me a quick rundown about what that is and how it kind of works? Sure. There's a theory that we have different chakras or energy centers in our bodies, right? Um, down from like, okay, so going from survival to emotions and sexuality, creativity, to personal power, self-esteem, courage, to experiencing, giving and receiving love, to speaking one's truth, and to feeling connected to oneself and one's spiritual gifts and like seeing truth. So yeah, that's what the different chakra energies represent. And it's believed that like, whenever we experience traumas, they help to put a dent in, they kind of help to stagnate that energy and so really that's what reiki kind of does you know is what they say is like it helps to balance out the different chakras and from the chakras like if, if the energies there are imbalanced enough that's what starts to call the cause the dis-ease mm -hmm. within the body is the theory and so yeah balancing out the chakras kind of clearing them out right and uh really quickly i just want to point them out because there's i think there's mainly seven chakras but i think in the true um practice there's a, a whole lot more but the main ones are the root chakra the sacral chakra the solar plexus and my favorite the heart which, which is at the middle and it's green uh i, I just wanted to point out that uh, mark passio a researcher a truther who i really admire y'all please check him out mark passio two s's on the passio uh i remember he was talking about the heart chakra and he was t he was explaining how if you take the light spectrum and you divide it through the, the prism that kind of splits up the light and you can see the rainbow, green is right in the middle at the center. And this is uh, kind of reminiscent to how we, maybe some people want to believe we evolved or we were created by God, but green is the most abundant color in nature because of the plants, everything is green. So as humans, we're naturally attuned to see this as a calming, uh, seemingly home a motherly spirit and it's at the heart and then he also mentioned another thing which stuck with me which was this was one of the main reasons that they chose to make American money green was because it was going to have some psychological effect on the on the heart subconsciously on humans and that would kind of make them crave money subconsciously just because it's green I just that blew my mind because I, I found I always wondered why is it green why is American money the most powerful 
uh, fiat currency that exists, why is it green? And then he kind of broke it down that way, and I was like, wow, it's crazy how they use psychology to kind of affect us. And he had this whole episode about how colors affect us, and he kind of tied it into the whole, whole chakra system. But yeah, all of these, all these chakras have their own color to kind of um, explain it and show what it is. And I love also how the crown, the highest chakra, is purple. And what all um, monarchies and the kings and the queens always used was purple because that was the highest, most rarest color to create, one of the hardest things to, to create in this world. So it's kind of weird how you kind of tie, they tied it into the mind, the highest, highest level possible to reach and to cleanse the crown chakra. And it's uh, re resembled by the color purple. Yeah. Okay, and I'll, here's some other services you offer is the limpias, which uh, people who don't speak English, it's a, a cleansing. So could you just tell us what a cleansing, who, need, who would need a cleansing and what are uh, the benefits of a cleanse? I mean, it's hard to, like, say, because I'm, like, if you feel guided, then you're guided, right? Like, period. But uh, cleanse can help. Okay, it comes from the from the curanderismo tradition in Mexico, right? And it's basically taking an egg and removing negative energy from a person, right? And then you can, after that, you crack the egg, and then you're able to kind of read the egg. Right. But in shamanism, that you can use other tools. You can really use anything else to kind of help cleanse the person. But it's to help cleanse imbalanced energies, really. Yeah, I think it's... But who would need one? Because I remember they did this to me when I was a kid. And I think it was... I had a susto. Uh, people who don't speak English, again, they might not know. But uh, there's this idea that Mexico carries that you can kind of have this... I guess kind of a traumatic event or something that kind of shocks you. And it, it scares you. And this this scare kind of sticks with you and kind of affects you and kind of can kind of make you have you could call unlucky events or just make you have stay in a low vibrational state so I remember I think I fell from a swing uh, and I hit my head really hard and um, they were really scared for me and I was scared too so they um, took me to this lady who does these cleanses and they didn't tell her anything about what happened to me and they took her they took me there and so she did that same thing. She kind of like rubbed tomatoes over me and some, some herbs over my body. And then she had me laid down and she rubbed this egg all around my body. And then she put it, she cracked it, I guess, and put it in a cup and put it under my bed. I can't really remember. But then later she looked at it and she was telling me, oh, yeah, you've gone through something that really scared you. Something affected you and you're running around in fear. And then she was kind of like, putting her hand, I guess like Reiki, now that I think about it, she was putting her hand over me and she kind of like gravitated toward my head and she was like feeling around my head and she was like rubbing it and then she saw the, the bump or whatever because my hair was covering it and she, she, she told my parents, oh my God, look, did you, have y'all seen this? And then they told her, yeah, we knew that happened. We just brought him here so you can help him. And I just thought it was fascinating how she picked up on that without even seeing or being told about it and that's kind of another thing that gives me have more credence in this that there's definitely something to this stuff which seems like woo woo yeah definitely i mean i guess so somebody who has bad luck or a lot of the times it's like i keep repeating this cycle in my life and i can't get over it and it tends to be like a toxic so to speak cycle mm -hmm. right yeah. 
or I had a breakup or I feel like somebody put a spell on me, really, mm. you know, can you help cleanse it? Or put the evil eye on somebody, you know, somebody maybe looked at you wrongly and sent out a, a curse on you or something, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then you offer psychotherapy, which I think this would be the most um, people who go with the mainstream sign. This would be your most legit one because you actually went to school for this. And uh, if you could just give us a, a breakdown of what a psychotherapy session would be. <laughs> uh, well, the initial session is like getting kind of a trauma history, right? Because we are trauma specialists. I want to know what are the main traumas kind of that we're working with so that I can look at the different energetic patterns so I can get a diet. I mean, basically, dude, almost everyone in the world would qualify for a PTSD diagnosis, not just because of COVID, just because the world is a really violent place. Mm. So I, but anyway, so, um, yeah, right. And it's kind of just like an interview asking questions, whatever about your family history, what brought you here, you know, what symptoms are you experiencing, et cetera. But then after that, honestly, it kind of depends on the person because I have clients that are pretty cerebral, right? Very thought-oriented, very more scientific, methodical and stuff. So sometimes I'll have sessions and they end up being a lecture, like an hour-long lecture about whatever it is, right? Mm. Healthy relationships or domestic violence or ADHD or like complex PTSD or like neuroscience, honestly, anything, right? And sometimes I have clients who are a blend of more cerebral and emotional. So then we do the cerebral stuff, connect the dots, find solutions, and then we, we do a lot of feeling. I, I, I kind of incorporate the Reiki healing to my sessions, right? Or the shamanic lens or whatever. Because, yeah, we're talking about, okay, so here's what trauma, how trauma works, right? It impacts the whole brain. The more trauma you have, the more it negatively impacts your brain structures. And... The, the, the sooner in life you have it, the more faulty the foundation because the, the brain develops from the stem to the front of the brain, right? right? You don't develop, you don't fully develop the front of the brain until you're about 30. It used to, they used to say 18, then they said 25. Now they're like, yeah, no, it doesn't fully develop until you're 30. Oh, okay, wow. Cool. I, I used to like talking to people who were 25 and under and kind of like tell them, hey, don't talk to me, bro. Your brain's still not fully developed. But I guess what <laughs> you're saying is mine just kind of fully developed too. Yeah, yeah. And so, right. Um, so then really what we should be doing with trauma work, psychotherapy, whatever, is working from the bottom of the brain to the top mm -hmm. and we're helping to restructure that and then working from the top of the brain down. So from the bottom up approach, that would be like doing things like rhythmic stuff, anything that you would kind of do with the baby, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, like self-soothing and things like that, um, like affirmations, different things like that ideally when i have clients like you know we in person we could do like drumming or together because that 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 promotes that attunement right like the mother kid relationship type of thing like that attunement like i see you like we're connected that kind of feeling mm. and that's really healing for the person right also it feels like the heartbeat and it's really grounding drums are really grounding and they help to like move energies we could do walking together and talking at the same time walking is really regulating and these are just side notes and these are things that you can kind of take for yourself mm -hmm. right and practice at home which is cool it's really regulating because it's bilateral movement so you're connecting your left part of your body to your right part of your body which helps connect the left and right parts of your brain the thinking brain and the feeling brain right so it helps you make connections and stuff also 
it's pretty steady. You tend to go at a steady pace, left, right, left, mm. right, left, right. And that's really regulating too. The way you would rock a baby, rock, 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 right? Right. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly. Well, that's so fascinating. It sounds so simple, yet this to me, just by thinking about it, to me, this seems like this would have more of a deeper impact than driving to a doctor's office, waiting for maybe half an hour, sitting with him for five minutes and just having him write a prescription, as opposed to you, you're actually, because that's the thing that also bothers me. You go to a doctor and he doesn't even ask you what you eat. He doesn't ask you how you sleep, what your thoughts are, how your life is. They just treat everybody as the same standard patient and just give him a drug, get him out of here. But like if you were to sit with someone and talk to them and ask them, what is in your life that bothers you? What are you stressing about? Uh, what do you dream about? Um, what foods do you crave? What, what foods do you stay away from? Like really get down with them and really examine them and, and take notes and write down like a psychotherapist would. Anyone, and I think everyone should at least try once in their life because there's so many things. It's so easy to point the finger at others and show others their issues, but it's way more difficult to look at yourself as a objectively and see the errors in your way so i think it would be very beneficial for anyone to just have a conversation with someone who knows about these things so guys please y'all go check out uh, magnolia her website again is love is healing llc and she offers other services she has uh, tarot readings uh, and i want to ask you about the shamanic healing because that usually has to do with um, psychedelics do you do you incorporate them in your um, services I do not. I do have a friend who is in the middle of studying that and doing a lot with that. If y'all want to check her out, her name is Heather. Um, it's rarebirdmedicine.com. Rare, let me write that, rare bird. And where is she at? So she's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Shout out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, like Breaking Bad. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and um, the physical business for Love is Healing is also located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But um, yeah, rarebirdmedicine.com. She's a really gifted, talented shaman and metaphysician. Okay, that's awesome. Maybe you can get me in touch with her. I would love to talk to, with her uh, to get the okay, psychedelic yeah. perspective. But yeah, guys, please, y'all, anyone can benefit from any of these services she offers. And like I said, you can go to a doctor and spend a lot of money and not even feel good because at the end of the day he's going to give you medicine that's more than likely going to give you other symptoms with which affect your body in other ways that you don't want try this you're just talking this is the most basic thing and it kind of leads back to that placebo thing if you think you can actually heal yourself you'll do it but if you think you're going to have to rely on a doctor and on a pill to heal you're, you're never going to get there so y'all please go check out magnolia and i love what you do and um, i'm so glad that there's people out there like you that are trying to help and what the Bible and what I believe the purpose of life, I got it from the Bible, it says we're here to serve others. He who is first will be last and he who is last will be first. So uh, I love what you're doing and keep doing it. Is there any last thoughts or a positive idea or a message you wanna leave the people with here today? Yes, and it might be a little bit scattered, but just to go back on some notes. So that question that you asked about why some people change and some people don't change, I mean, I guess if we had to like kind of formulize it, it would be everyone has trauma. Yes, sure. What helps to save our souls or whatever, like how, make people want to heal is that they have, 
it tends to be they have okay they have enough resiliency factors to have something going for them that, that gives them some kind of sense of purpose and it tends to be in childhood but more than that it's that they had at least one adult in their life that believed in them and it could just have been one interaction that one time like they were having a really shit day they were gonna I'm sorry a really bad day um they were gonna kill themselves whatever stuff like that and they had that one teacher that gave them a really nice compliment right that said jimmy you matter to me or whatever right and it's like okay and then they carried that the rest of their life yeah. Right? Yeah. Honestly, that is what it is. And it boils down to human connection. Yes, yes. So be kind to others. And that reminds me of the study that I like to tell people about. Uh, it's, it has to do with like kind of what you say with hope and that keep pushing, that perseverance. So they did this study where they had these rats. and Oh, they had a rat. And they threw it into this pool. And it had to swim. And it, it swam for three hours. And then it, it drowned and it died. And then they, they got another rat. And they put it in there, and right before the three hours were out, they took it out of the pool and they let it rest for a little bit, and then they threw it back in the pool. But now the the rat swam for sixty hours instead of just three. So that that little that little act of kindness that the, I guess the scientists did to took him out and gave him a little breather and kind of like I guess like you said gave him a compliment or a pat on the back. That little piece of hope gave that rat the power and the strength to swim for 60 more hours instead of just three. So just take that piece of advice also, people. Be nice and, and, and try to help those help and serve others because you don't know if someone's on the verge of either committing suicide or doing something terrible. Just be good. Hold the door open for people. Smile. It sounds dumb and, like, it won't do anything, but it reverberates throughout. So Yes. And I have two more points. Yeah. The... Um, privilege right i know that i don't know there are a lot of messages out there that say that privilege is a bad thing or what have you for me what i found in my life is that i have a lot of privilege i love it i think it's so amazing i'm so grateful i had an education and had all the right people in my life or whatever and stuff it's great it's what you do with it right if you have all these privilege and you have all these gifts you have all this power knowledge who cares like take that these are your gifts you've been so abundantly blessed use it yeah. use it like talk to the people who want to hear you yeah. and, and 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 grow with you and things like that i just want to empower you if you're out there and you're questioning and oh i'm white and things like that that's great that's awesome i love white culture i love i don't know i love america yeah. i love everybody really but i just want to empower you and telling you that you matter yeah I love it. yes and then my last one is just what you focus on grows so yeah if you are choosing this healing path and things like that or whatever maybe you you're like yeah i would love to get to that point where i could like smile at people and they could smile back or like i could connect with people you know if you have that thought and you continue to energize that thought i'm gonna attract kind people i'm gonna change the world i'm gonna connect i'm gonna like i'm gonna choose different for my life or i'm just gonna choose to make an impact or whatever it is like what you focus on grows so i just i wish you the best and thank you all for listening and yeah i just love each other i love it i love it so do you mind if i uh share with you your instagram profile i know you have a private one but uh what about the Love is Healing one? You want me to share that one with the people? Uh, yeah, please. Okay. Uh, that one is uh, Love is Healing LLC at Instagram. I'm going to give the links. I'll put your website on the links as well. And uh, mm -hmm. thank you again for joining me. And uh, by skimming through your private profile, I got the sense that you love rock. You like rock, huh? No. No? Or why? <laughs> I, it seemed like you were a rocker, no? 
that's so funny i mean like i liked emo stuff when i was you know like in high school and stuff okay well that's what i got the impression so i always pick a song for the end so i picked muse do you like muse I don't, I don't even know who Muse is. Okay. Can I just comment that I'm a salsera and a bachatera and like I mostly listen to salsa and bachata? Oh, shit. Okay, cool. That's cool. And cumbia. Okay, more Mexican. Yeah. But no, I love Muse because they're a rock band that's more about like uh, this type of uh, mentality of being free and pushing pushing against the government and, and having a more freedom and just pushing pushing back against the oppressors. And so this song is called Won't Stand Down by Muse. It's about three and a half minutes. Uh, I'm going to play it and then just stick with me. I, I want to talk to you a couple minutes off the air so that we can probably do another podcast. So Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you everyone. And thank you, Magnolia. And remember, folks, know yourself, improve yourself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is Won't Stand Down by Muse. Peace.
Peace.